That's an FYI. I know that we just started recording, but I officially go on call at work in five minutes. I don't anticipate any kind of interruption, but my phone might ring. And if it rings, I have to answer it and I have to do work for a little bit. That would be catastrophic to this podcast. Just as an FYI. Yeah, we don't don't deal well with distractions. Not at all. (laughs) And I will also say that spiders do not, they absolutely do not stick to where they're supposed to. I think that's like one of the inherent things about spiders is that they just show up where they're not needed. That's why they call it spidering, right? That's what we've been saying, Trevor. No, they, okay. Then I guess my house is the one exception to that. There is a designated <laughs> spider area at your house and they only it's stay It's not like a designated area. They just, you have a, they, they have like a, you know, a little spider cowboy that wrangles them all up <laughs> and keeps them in a little ring. They, they spin their web. They create their web in their little corner of whatever room it's in. And then they just chill there and they so stay there and it's fine. You, you like the idea of spiders creating their webs because then they stick to their, their web area. I don't know that I would say that I like actively like it. <laughs> you encourage it. You've set up. You set up. I these don't. Spaces. Don't discourage it. Okay. There That's are plenty crazy. of like little nooks and little places in our in our in the place that I live in my house that are not in my bedroom that they make webs and then they just chill and they stay there. So and spiders, that's fine with me. Spider safe spaces, if you will. Exactly. A, uh, I don't bug them. They don't bug me. Probably bug. a spider autonomous zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in the basement. I've lived in basements for most of my life. Spiders are around basements, so spiders don't bug true, me. That's true, but... If it's spiders, spiders provo autonomous, then we're, then we're talking spaz, which is oh, a great... Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> great acronym. England. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Well, anyway... Um, Welcome, yeah. to welcome to Off, off the, the Crossbar. <laughs> yeah, Matt usually... Episode 89. <laughs> Matt usually jumps in with that. Uh, uh, oh, Sorry, Matt. Took your job. Right. Go ahead. Well, I don't have a job now, so... Uh... <laughs> Soon, oh. when Trevor gets called in, it'll just be me here. We could just do, uh, <laughs> you know, me just alone on a podcast for... That would be... Can you imagine if, if I did an episode by myself just for, and I filled the two hours? <laughs> I, I bet you could. Speaking of that would be psychotic. my coworker just pointed out today, um, I have another coworker. Oh, you have two. I have several coworkers, I should say. Oh. I have one. He's one of our sales guys. Um, he has his own podcast that he puts out. Really? And What's it about? Uh, it's called Exploring Joy. Uh, discussing what brings joy in the life of everyday individuals it's like uh, the opposite of this podcast a little bit yeah uh but no i just he just barely sent me the link i haven't listened to any of it but it looks interesting the longest episode is like 16 minutes which uh i don't know about that but does that even count as a podcast at that point i don't know count as a kind of podcast no i shouldn't say that larry's a very nice guy and I'm sure his podcast is fine, but I haven't listened to it yet, so we'll see. Are we a pro Larry podcast? Is that the the implication? Um, I, I would feel say like so. It. Okay, yeah. I, I think we're a pro Larry podcast for okay. the most part. Hi, Larry. I hope you're enjoying listening to your first and last episode of Off the Crossbar Ray Lake podcast. <laughs> there we go. I, I'm sorry it doesn't spark joy for you because it. I mean, the the podcast sparks joy for me, but uh, well, after this week and the last seven weeks people wonder uh, why we do such a long social hour 
Maybe they haven't followed the team for as long as we have. <laughs> there are things because... that we we need to have some version of fun. Yeah. In order like, to continue doing this podcast. Imagine if we only talked about Real Salt Lake. Do you realize how sad we would be? <laughs> this would be a much angrier podcast. Than uh, yeah. We provide the levity for ourselves and each other, which is why Social Hour exists. This is why, this is why we do this. So we can just hang out and not have to suffer alone. There's solidarity in that. So, yeah. And we get to talk about all my mom wonders how I have time to watch as much uh, media as I do. (laughs) She was asking me that over the weekend. I was like, I don't know. She doesn't even like and then I was telling her how many hours of podcasts I listen to each week as well. And I I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like it it works pretty well. I I do listen Sorry. How many hours of podcasts do you listen to? Um, let's see. Usually, probably like fifteen to twenty hours a week of podcasts. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm probably like ten to fifteen. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm like four or five if I'm lucky. And I don't. I you know I don't. I feel like I actually listen to more when I was commuting um, somewhere, but I work from home, so I feel like I listen to less because I have a harder time. Uh, I have like a, I I don't, I don't listen to podcasts while I work, but like when I'm like eating breakfast or like doing things around the house, then I can listen to podcasts. But if I'm actually like working, then I can't. Um, yeah, I really can only listen to podcasts while I work. I what? feel like and that's so interesting. But the well, problem is like with my job, I'm constantly like pausing whatever I'm listening to to mm-hmm. talk to somebody to answer a question or to ask a question. So. Yeah, it it ends up that some days I just don't listen because I'm either talking to somebody too much or yeah. yeah. So like I said, I I obviously work more than four hours a week, but I don't do it while I drive. Um, I really only listen to music or NPR while I drive. I can't really do podcasts because really? I just I, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just it's very much like I tune it out when I'm driving. That's fascinating. Um, like but yeah, when I'm working, I, podcast, I listen to the I podcast a lot. I try to, but there's some days where I just, I can't. I think most of my podcast time is making dinner and, you know, doing the dishes. You know, I wish we had a dishwasher, but because we don't, I do listen to more podcasts. So old has troubles, I guess. We've talked yeah. about you not having a dishwasher before, haven't we? Oh, probably. Maybe. Oh. But yeah, I, when I didn't, wait, did I, when did I not have a dishwasher? That sucks to not have a dishwasher. I yeah, don't think it, I could truly like enjoy living in a place without a dishwasher. I, oh it's man, it ideal. was like it was an apartment I lived in um, years a few years ago, and I lived. Uh, it was um, my friend Connor and me, and uh, I thought the <laughs> I thought the dishwasher was broken or like didn't work. Uh, and so I would like, we just were like, were like hand washing dishes forever. And then I learned that was some point, like a year or so in that it did work. Oh, no. And I was like, why? And I was just kind of following his lead at the time. I was like, why did we, uh, just hand off? She's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so that I got it's infuriating. I know. I was like, me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was nuts. I don't know. What so bad for you. Yeah. I was like, you had to deal with that. I thought, yeah, I just was like, why this has to be broken anyway. So yeah, ever since then, I think I've I've just, I've had one. I haven't lived anywhere old enough to where I haven't, but, um, yeah, good, good appliance, big appliance head over here. 
love appliances. What's your, what's, what's your guys' are, favorite appliances? Uh, dishwasher. The dishwasher. Okay. Number one. <laughs> uh, coffee maker, number two. Okay. Um. Oh, fridge. I mean, you got to have a fridge. Fridge is a good one. I think fridge, like, I mean, that's just an essential, right? Yeah. No, we're talking about yeah. the, I'm talking about the uh, like elective. 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 Yeah, appliances. mine's rice cooker. Like, having yeah. a good rice cooker, not one of these $40 rice cookers, uh, like, is such a difference maker. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how nice ours is. And we've got a, a good Zojirushi, and it makes the best rice. And practically every grain, like om, almost literally every grain of rice is well-cooked. I've had rice from Matt's rice cooker, and I can concur and agree with everything that Matt said about that. And I've had, I bought a rice cooker, which was like a 30 or $40 one from like Smith's or whatever. Yeah. And it's less than ideal. Like it works. I'm happy that yeah. I bought it, but I would like to spend a lot more and get a much nicer one. But I would still, I think I would have to go toaster. Toaster is hmm. probably my third favorite. As a celiac person, toasters are just death traps. So. That's fair. And I get it. And I'm sorry about that. But that's uh, all right. I love toast. I toast in the oven. It's not very uh, efficient. But efficient? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Or fast? Well, it, in the broiler. Like, yeah, it's pretty, okay, that's fair. pretty fast in the broiler. And it's a gas stove, so. Remind me what bread you normally use, Matt. Uh, I go back and forth. Like sometimes I'll do Mountain Home. Sometimes I'll do Udi's. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll just Canyon, grab a random brand. If I, I can't, oh yeah, is that that's the one I'm thinking of? Canyon House. Yeah. Canyon yeah, that's Big a good house. one. I, that was the one that your parents brought to the game that one time. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, uh, I usually get uh, Grandma Sycamores because um, oh. it's the best. Man, I do miss. <laughs> I do miss some Grandma Six. Yeah, that I mean, was... being able to pay like two dollars for a loaf of bread sounds really. Yeah, nice. man, this is why there is a uh, like celiac allowance in Italy is because, dude, this living this life is expensive. All these yeah. little, all these little things like the yeah bread is is pricey. Um, anyway, what are you, uh, Matt? What have you been up to? Look out! Well, you should go first. Oh, um, well, on Saturday, I. Uh... With the game on Sunday, I had a free night on Saturday, uh, which right. is nice. Played uh, played board games, played some nice uh, trick taking games. I love it. Trevor. Did not invite me to board games. Just pointing that out. It was at Jenny's uncle's house, so oh well, that's probably I didn't fair. Feel like I could, but you know, what? I'm going to invite you to board games sometime. <laughs> in the I next meant to. I saw your tweet weeks. with uh, our friend uh, Dr. Colin, and yeah. I meant to get sarcastic in the replies there as well. Oh, and uh, invite yourself but, over. Yeah, and invite myself over, and I didn't, so I'm doing that now. I meant to oh, get sarcastic. Wow, this is, <laughs> this is very low pressure. Um, awesome. Anyway, so the other things I did, uh, so we played board games. <laughs> uh, we tried like six different brands of root beer, which was always a blast. Uh, dang, that's good root beer. Took the top spot, I think. But Brigham's Brew uh, is way better than I thought it was. Yeah, I think I've had that root beer, and I really liked it. Yeah, so it's changed a lot over like the last decade. Uh, what about, and it's uh, come a long way. What about not your father's root beer? Did you have any of that? I don't think I... I wait, which one is that? I, th I feel like I have... Tre Hold Trevor's on. making a joke face, and I... It's an alcoholic root beer. Oh, oh, I was like, wait, why do I know what that is? <laughs> well, They have two versions. One's like regular like 4.5 or 5%, and then they have like a high point version that's like a 9%. 
Well, they did not have it at Pyrodos, and I don't think it would have been and it, advised it, for uh, Jenny's. Do you like alcoholic root beer, cousin. Trevor? Is it good? It just it tastes like root beer. Like oh, it's not like a fantastic like top of the line root, but it just it tastes like root beer. Mm, okay, All so right. it's very very easy to drink six of them and then realize that you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I went to Pyrodos for my first time. I love and, that place. Yeah, and it, it is Good the place. weirdest place. But I know, it's uh, so I really weird. Like it. It's just it's off like Seventh East in Draper somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's really it, funny. That yeah, place is really weird. So much like weird stuff. But I bought a bunch of it and I've really enjoyed it all. They've so. good chocolate there, or no? Uh, they have some. It's okay. not quite a Caputo's, uh, and definitely not a not a Caputo's, not a Harmon's in terms of chocolate. But yeah, they've got some of them. They've got a Mono. They've got Ritual. Did they have Ritual? They I really like ritual. ritual. I think you introduced me to Ritual, and I really like Ritual. Have you been up to their shop in um, Midway? No, I didn't know their shop was in Midway. Yeah, they have a cafe, I, and then they have a shop in Park City as well. They're I drove past really the one in Midway last week for work, and I was like, oh, I'll bet Matt already knows about this place, so I'm not going to tell him about it. Oh, God. You should have gone. Midway, I get... Man, guys, I get... I, I need to unsubscribe from Zillow reports oh, or yeah. emails. <laughs> yeah. Why do you do that to yourself? <laughs> I don't know, but like that area, like I, I for some reason I had one, uh, like an alert for that zip code. Not that I could mm. like buy anything up there. Oh yeah, no. But um, it said the the one year forecast value increase says twenty point four percent. Good. And a year ago, the typical home value uh, for this this zip code specifically up in that area said it was 995 204 it says the typical home value now which is you know one year later says 1.485 million so yeah impossible just a lot of really nice homes up in midway but yeah. like there's some really ugly gone ones up five hundred thousand dollars and the typical price is five hundred thousand that's it yeah anyway seems sustainable and good i yeah. should go up to their chocolate <laughs> Uh, situation though yeah the chocolate situation a little podcast trip yeah i mean it's not too far for trevor right oh, going just going that. up the candy uh midway it's about 45 minutes yeah. is it that far yeah it's about the same for us right probably yeah, it's, i'm probably, it's probably about the same for you guys i'm probably the farthest away because oh, i yeah. am in the middle like oh, you <laughs> yeah, it's so far Matt for has you. immigration or uh, excuse me parley's canyon which is a little bit he's like you know and then yeah, i'm closer I you have Provo Canyon. I'm like in the middle of that. So yeah. Well, you got to get like to the freeway, and then pick a direction. Yeah, yeah. You're probably a solid like extra fifteen or twenty minutes away from us than we are. I wonder what it says. Uh, Anyway, so uh, while you're looking that up, uh, Trevor, I think you need to take a page from the show Kantaro, the Sweet Tooth Salary Man, which is a great (laughs) Japanese show uh, that's like half like comedy we've we've, ha- we've, we've talked, talked about, about the show i anyway, watched a few episodes and it's a fun show i need you to be that guy uh and just really do your job really quickly so that you can go out and get treats and that's what i need from you why why am i getting treats i'm an hour away it says okay. you're an um, hour okay yeah, you've been a very good boy oh, okay yeah. you have been trevor no but Thank you're supposed you. to get obsessed with all treats and like then do your job really quickly so you can get treats in that area. It'll be beautiful. I I'll did, follow you with a camera. We did go when we went to Midway. One of the day I went there several days last week. Um, one of the days, the place we went to, like just straight up wasn't ready. The guy 
was like remodeling his home and was like two months behind. For some reason, it didn't remove us from the schedule. Oh. Everybody apologized. It was fine. But on our way back into Salt Lake, we stopped by Judy's Donuts in Midway. It's a tiny little donut and coffee shop down there. And their donuts are way too big. Uh, like I usually when I go to a Ooh. donut place, like if it's for me, like I get like two donuts and a coffee. And that's usually my go to. But they had apple fritters that were legitimately like like the size of a dinner plate. Like they were so big. Hmm. But they're really good. So if you're in Midway and you want uh, a coffee and some donuts, go to Judy's Donuts because it's a nice little nice little it's place. Sound- good food. Nice. It's delightful. Just FYI. I want to I be in Midway right now. That sounds yeah. great. Um, only other update I've got is that I did appear on a, I don't think we can call them a rival podcast because we've had them on. Yeah. Uh, a semi-rival podcast. We'll go you with that. Appeared, you appeared on two podcasts that were not this one in the last week. Yeah, which part? The Nashville one? Yeah. And, and, oh, then, Alex, and then Alex is Matt, Alex on you with just Alex on Sunday. Yeah, Ethan you was out. Ethan. I mean, it was Mother's Day and that makes sense. Sure, um, whatever. So Alex and I talked about the Nashville game. Yeah, I listened to it. It was very good. Oh, thanks. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was weird not being able to talk to you, though. Yeah, did he keep social hour in? No. It ended. What a jerk. Wow. I don't think he did. <laughs> it, it was just like two seconds and I said that the new season of Atlanta has been really Oh, no, good. he did keep that in because oh, I remember okay. you talking about Atlanta. Okay. Ooh, I didn't right. realize it was just I that take, short. I yeah, take just back that. every rude thing I just said. Yeah, and it was pretty rude. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So you were here at two. Yeah. Other than this, I love that. Yeah, and this ends my social hour. Trevor, <laughs> what's going on, man? What's new? What's new? Um, not a whole lot. What is new? Um, oh no, I was working all weekend. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, like I've, I'm the on-call guy this week. So Saturday I was working most of the day. Sunday I was on call, but I didn't really do anything except just stay home and play video games and wait for calls. So like, yeah, whenever I'm on call, like I don't have plans. I don't make plans. I don't have my kid over. So we've like. I can't be more than like 20 minutes away from like being able to leave to go do sure. my job. So, um, oh, I did go to uh, a buddy's house Saturday night. Nice. Um, don't tell my boss, but we drove the company van, brought all my clothes so I could change if I need to. Went up and hung out with a friend Saturday night that I haven't seen in years. I he love that used, for you. Used to be a coworker, went to St. Louis for a while then came back and his brother just graduated it was like a graduation party for his brother but like whoever wanted to come could come. Nice. so i went and hung out with them so that was fun that was rules good. yeah man got, that's nice. got to see some friends for the first time in a long time um yeah that that was that's it i really didn't do much of anything um besides video games there is you guys won't care about this uh but counter-strike is doing uh they have um couple tournaments like throughout the year and then they have one big one every year that's called the major and the major is going on right now it just started this week nice are you playing in it i am not playing in it (laughs) uh because i'm not a professional counter-strike player but i have been like watching highlights and watching it here and there whenever i can i take it's like in europe so all the games are either like in the middle of the night or in the morning um yeah it's fun it rules stuff i love it 
that's what I've been doing. That's it. Nice man. Did either of you guys do fun? Any uh, any hanging with your mom? Any moms for Mother's Day? Matt, no. I know you're you're far away. Yeah, no, I'm going to see my my mom this week. Nice. Next Sunday. I guess that's next week. But I love still. it. That's cool, man. Um, let's see. What was uh, man? Yeah, last weekend I was just super beat, so I didn't do anything on Friday. Um, just I think I oh we uh, yeah I started watching Ozark actually oh, the well nice. the the second half of the last season I guess because we um, had been watching watching the uh, the we watched the first part of the the last season and then. Um, had a birthday at a friend's birthday party on on Saturday. Had a nice little get together over there. It was great and cute and fun. Uh, played very intense games of catchphrase. Also, like Ooh. very heated uh, late in the evening too. Like was one of the last activities of the night. So um, that was pretty crazy. Uh, things got a little wild, a little out of control. But you know. Um, <laughs> My team went 0 for 2, I think. Maybe 0 for 3. Did we or did we want to? I can't remember. There's something like there's just a certain rhythm that happens with catchphrase that like once you kind of get stuck in a in a losing position, you just it keeps kind of happening. And then there are the people who like uh take so long to explain what they're saying almost strategically. Uh oh, I love that. It's like <laughs> it's that makes sense. I like doing that. So yeah, or, I take, I take catchphrase way too seriously whenever I play it. And like, that's, that's a go-to that's like a when go-to. you have an easy word yeah. and you've got the music and it starts speeding up and you're like, Oh, I've only got 10 seconds. Then you just waste seven seconds and then give the obvious clue mm. right before you pass it. And so you just screw the other team. That's how you win. That is, that is certainly a strategy. And another one is uh, after your team gets it, you celebrate as loudly as possible for as long as possible so the other team can't hear their clues. <laughs> That's something that was also happening. So um I don't really like that one. That's I a don't like that one either. strategy. It's cheating. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Anyway. So that was that was pretty that was pretty good. Um spent a lot of time with with the fam over the last couple days. Taste taste Tuesday. Went to dinner with the family last night. Uh also was over my my parents house on sunday just had a very lovely mother's day it was great and then yesterday we were a little late celebration for um for my dad's birthday which was a couple weeks ago um but yeah nothing nothing too crazy i've got uh got some fun stuff this week i won't be going to the game and neither will you matt i think yeah i will not the Kilby block party is this weekend. Um, pretty rude of RSL to schedule a home game on that day, but yeah, um, it's a really good lineup and incredible and, lineup, right? Yeah, I'm just really, really stoked for that. It should be a really lovely Friday and Saturday. Um, so yeah, nice long fun weekend. You guys were talking about that in the Slack. Yeah. And I know that Phoebe Bridgers has been brought up several times before and several Mm -hmm. other like just instances in life. And I've always just been like, oh, I know who that is, but I don't ever listen to Phoebe Bridgers music. So I'm not familiar with it. Um, So when you guys brought it up, I actually did listen to both of her albums. Is that an accurate statement? Nice. Yeah. She has at least two. 
yeah she has at least two albums i listen to both of them and phoebe bridgers is very good just she's really I good i don't know that it's like something that i can listen to like often okay yeah if that yeah, makes she, sense like just that yeah, whole no, genre of music is really really good and i really like it but it's just not really what i listen to so i hope you guys have a lot of fun thank at you the phoebe bridgers concert and so I'm much more that i'm not going to so a concert and so much more i am um, way more but i yeah, yeah she she does have two albums she also has an album with uh it's called better oblivion community center is like the other project that's, right. that's the yeah um I and that, that one that one is with it. uh connor oberst of bright eyes is that's that's their, their duo projects um okay but yeah it's it's matt i don't know if you've looked at the the set times i think i sent that but yeah, I was surprised how well they were able to balance it. Yeah, there's only like, like one really, con- really one conflict that I was not super excited about. I want to see Kevin Devine, but I also want to see Animal Collective. So, oh, okay. Um, that's 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 my problem with these big, massive like festival tough. block party type that where they've got like, if you have more than two stages, like I don't think you're gonna make people happy. Yeah, that's my yeah. Theory. It's pretty difficult. Um. I'm not sure also if you, oh, let's see. So I think, yeah, Choir Boy is playing on Saturday, but they're also playing an after party show on Friday night, which I think I'm going to go to. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, anyway, looking forward to that. I think Dr. Colin is uh, is going to be there as well. Yeah. Um, should be should be a lovely time. And then, yeah, just been freaking working, guys. I'm tired. The other thing <laughs> that I was, I, I'm just like, super sore and just feeling exhausted because I've been when I when I had that uh, just the worst eye surgery in in January yeah and I like couldn't do anything for the entire month of February like I had before that eye surgery I'd finally gotten like it was like I kept having like stretches where I was really good at going to the gym and um I like COVID kind of threw that off when it got really bad again and then had that eye surgery after things were been like been clearing up a little bit. And then, um, obviously got really out of the habit of going. So I've been back in that for like a month and a half again, going like four or five times a week. And it's like, finally felt like, uh, it's I'm finally at the point where it's like feeling like, uh, like it's, it's hard. It's harder for me to not go than to go. Which is a good find, like a great yeah, place to be in. That's a great way to build a habit, right? Yes, and um, so I'm like, and I think that finally clicked for me yesterday, yes. and uh, so that's good <laughs> because that's really hard to get to that spot. I'm just proud of myself that I finally got to that point because I have like my brother's really good about it. Um, one of my other um, best friend of mine, he's also like they're just kind of maniacs about it, and I was like jealous that they had that that feeling but then i at some point i got there and i was like wow okay it's a thing it's like a thing in your brain after you build that habit so Hmm. um so i'm just like feeling tired but in a good way and i'm gonna go to the gym after this again because it's a tuesday and why not good but yeah anyway you you almost forgot one thing what's that you appeared on another podcast oh my gosh that's right oh that was Okay, I that was Saturday also. I totally forgot I did a lot on Saturday. Um, so Saturday, or at least I guess I was I was on Friday. Oh, also, wow, I'd like, sorry, social hours going long. I completely forgot about a lot of things I was doing. Friday, <laughs> not long yet. I, that is true. I made a quick 
um, jaunt downtown. Uh, and on my way downtown, I received a call from Andy Munoz of the RSL show asking if I wanted to be on uh, the RSL show the next day. And I was like, sure. And then asked if I wanted to go to training with him and Josh. And I said, sure, absolutely. So there was that. But the reason I was going downtown is because the the uh, Starbucks baristas at the Starbucks on 4th East, 4th South are unionizing along with the one in Cottonwood Heights uh, on like 70th South and Highland. Anyway, so they're also unionizing. So I went down there for a what they call sip in and to show support, um, hold signs, etc. So that was really good. That was a great vibe, great vibes down there. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then Saturday morning, uh, was on my way to, we were going to go to practice and then record the uh, episode with the RSL show. But, um, there's some confusion between RSL and Andy where the times got mixed up. So heading to the, the practice field ended up going uh, audibleing and going to, um, their studio instead and i met andy josh junior producer isaac at the studio recorded a great episode so if you want to listen to me on the rsl show this will be the only time i will be promoting (laughs) just (laughs) uh you can go to the rsl show uh and listen to to them we we did a brief social hour at the end i like that our um actions on this podcast are contagious that's very nice love Um, to be contagious it is good. Uh, and uh, I got a Andy only had to edit out like 10 minutes of things <laughs> that we were saying. Are you allowed so, to edit podcasts? Unfortunately, yes. There was some mm. there was some good stuff in there. They have to be. Uh, yeah, they, they have to be a little careful just because KSL has them on a tight leash as far as uh, profanity goes. And oh. Josh just couldn't stop swearing, unfortunately. So that makes sense. Yeah, I know it, Josh. It does. loving Josh. We love that guy. We love those guys. Um, so yeah, it was a really good time. Um, their studio space is pretty cool. They've got, I was re- laughing really hard because in the, right as we started recording, I realized that they have a framed Chris Wondolowski jersey in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's owned by Sean of the Park Cafe. But for some reason they have it there and it's just like this really nice Wando jersey that's <laughs> just in a frame and I was just, huh. I was like, I love it. It looks cool. But anyway, um, so yeah, there was that. Then we went over to practice for like the last like, uh, 25 30 minutes or so um lucas was there um special correspondent lucas Muller. special correspondent lucas Muller was there um and uh joseph hutchison was there as well from oh, nice. lr uh el show real um so that was great got to hang and talk with them which was really fun it was like all of us and trey and then there was some other guy there that i didn't know who he was but he was stoked to be stoked to be there um uh observations let's see uh chris kablam kablan kablam kablam uh really cute in person really handsome man big fan uh sergio cordova's thighs are gigantic um i kind of forgot about that anderson julio seemed very stoked to be there um so that was fun getting to see anderson uh, in practice uh, before that that game, in which I I don't know he, he I I kind of forget how fast he is and like how high he can jump and stuff like I don't know I like Anderson, um so yeah what else and then there were some weird 
omissions from that practice. I guess one very notable one that we'll talk about in this episode, uh, which was confusing for everyone there, including Trey. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, great sign. Always love it when everybody's confused. Yeah, it was unexpected, which is a concern, probably. Um, what else? Yeah, anyway, good practice. Just a nice, good old Saturday. They flew out the, that afternoon or whatever for Nashville. The game was Sunday. So yeah, overall, uh, good weekend. Good, good social weekend for me. Good. Yeah. And we even got a little RSL in there. So we even got a little RSL in there, e- which is a great transition put, point. You just put that. Well, this edition is funny. It's funny that you put that in there. Oh yeah. In the dock. Yeah. I thought that'd be interesting to talk about. That but is first, kind of interesting. Let's, uh, let's talk David Ochoa, who was David Ochoa. Out what against, did you put in the dark that's so... His cursor is right by EA Sports that FC. That one, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, so David Ochoa was out against Nashville uh, for, quote, excused personal reasons, um, which I don't want to speculate, um, just because I don't think it's helpful if it's a personal, like if it's a true personal thing. Sure. Like, that probably is not a great thing. Uh, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. If it's a something else. Uh, but also. Then it's not a person. Yeah. Like excuse personal absence is. It can, can have a lot, a lot of, of things. Meetings, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of those things could just be PR spin for going AWOL. I don't know they do an AWOL. I'm not saying you went AWOL, but like it could be <laughs> an actual thing or it could be not an actual thing. Like. Yeah. And with Ochoa's track record, it's not ideal. No, it's not. Um, Does make one wonder how he's taken being second choice. Uh, And maybe it's totally unrelated. Um, We, he did say himself that coming back from his quad injury was really hard. He kept re-injuring it, not listening to the trainers. He finally started listening to the trainers and that's something he himself said, so there's no, yeah. no speculation there. Yeah, it, yeah, the timing does feel weird just because of his like lack of playing time. Uh, just feels like potentially related, but I don't know, man. It is kind of it's just kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, like we were like, wondering if he was with the Monarchs, it, that it, like he wasn't at practice. Like maybe that was the reason that didn't end up being the reason because he didn't play with the Monarchs either that day. So yeah. Yeah, so we don't know why David Ochoa wasn't there, and we don't know if it was good or bad, but something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Brian Denseth said in an interview today with Spence Checkets, which we'll have a couple quotes from that because it was full of meaningful information, uh, nice. said that uh, he thought that maybe Ochoa could use a couple games with the Monarchs to build fitness, uh, which is always an interesting thing for ostensibly a backup goalkeeper. Uh, but, you know, coming back from an injury is hard, I imagine. I've never been a professional athlete, so it's speculation on my part. Um, but, yeah. So there you yeah. go. There's the latest on David Ochoa, which is a big old shrug emoji. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm like, I got, I mean, just feels like an interesting situation. And it kind of did last year, too. Yeah. So Yeah. And uh, here, we'll, we'll move right on to the next one. I don't think this is related, but uh, 
if it ended up being related, I don't think anyone would be really surprised. And that's that uh, Sebastian Saucedo has been released by Pumas. Uh, which, Why would that be related? Because <laughs> they were they were friends when they were here, and you never know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they if you know he went to comfort his friend. I, maybe I'm, not even. I'm friends. sure I don't that's know. what it was. Salcedo so sent a text, and David Ochoa was like, "You know what, my so friend? Man. I love yeah. that for him, for both of them. Needs some moral support right now. Yeah. So I'm going to go take care of that. So anyway, I hope that's what it was. That's that the best be version. Incredible, right? Uh, anyway, anyway Salcedo got released by Pumas, which yeah. is kind of weird because he played in a game for them, a really important game for them, like two weeks ago. Yeah, he and played then, in the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final. Yeah. Against Seattle, in which he drew a penalty that was converted. And then he was not in the 18 for the second leg and then was released like a week later. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. It, I don't know. Do, do we? Never mind. I'm no, not, I don't no. know. I mean, I'm if we're moving, here's the thing. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose it. Um, if it is the question, if you're, if you're wondering how we're gonna be playing the uh, famed two, 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 two <laughs> formation, I, I've, I think I've got a good pick for that because if we're playing with the what I'm calling the empty horseshoe, um, <laughs> he's gonna be integral to to one of those wing one of those not uh one of those five wing positions on the left side <laughs> take your pick man got a yeah. whole stream of them so i'm uh, looking forward to bringing him back into what can only be described as the future we're all heading towards oh, and no. the one that we not only deserve but also want so oh no well you want it <laughs> colin wants it yeah uh okay. doc, well dr colin broke out his degree and was like i think this is like the most tactically efficient thing we could do and i was like look we're already pretending like we don't have a midfield we might as well just embrace it and yeah. just really you know do that so i'm looking forward it. to it <sighs> it'd be funny if we did that but like instead of like one of the wingers we had like one central midfielder like Kuear or something so we had all these wingers like around like in a like in a horseshoe, but we had one guy in the middle who was just in charge of the entire middle of the field. I mean, you you joke, <laughs> but we've seen Everton Louise play a very wide midfield role. That is true. With Paolo Ruiz as the only like central guy. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of looked like that at times, hasn't it? <laughs> That's too bad, especially when we yeah. have right wing center backs. Also, so yeah, we're 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 not too far. We're not too far off. No. Um, but, anyway, we we do, I believe, and I'm I don't know if I've got this verified, but I believe we do have his rights in MLS. Um, so that's not me saying he could return. I think the odds are very low. Uh, it seems like there might have been some burned bridges there. I don't know if that's the case, but that's been the speculation. Yeah. Um, given he came out and said that he didn't think RSL wanted him back. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was weird. The signs are there that he's that RSL is not necessarily an option for a landing spot for it him. Kind of yeah. seems like he's on a uh, he's on a Danny Acosta um, trajectory, trajectory currently. Yeah. So yeah, so um, you know. Anyway, so so 
there is a reality in which we could get something for his MLS rights. But that's that's about all I can see. Isn't he uh, supposed to sign with Nashville? <laughs> no, no, he already, he, he already did. We traded his rights to Nashville. That's right. Okay, so yeah, Nashville uh, is going to benefit from, which is from this. Just one of the worst accounts on the internet. I forgot. I hated that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I wish hope for the best for Bofo. Um, just kind of seems like there was something weird going on there, which sucks, but you yeah. know. All right, next it up. It is what it is. Got MLS MVP candidate Paulo Ruiz uh, wants to play for Chile in the 2026 World Cup. Um, but why is that funny, Kyle? Uh, uh, Explain yourself. You know, it's it's really tough to say. Okay, that's Wait, fair. So he wants to play for Chile. Yeah, well, his grandparents Chilean, are so. his grandparents are Chilean. His parents are from Argentina. Oh, interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've never yeah. thought of him as Chilean because I've only th- known of him as, Ar- as oh, Argentinian. We signed him from a Chilean club, didn't we? Uh, we signed him from San Luis, which is in uh, Chile. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. That's where I was getting confused. I definitely knew that he was Argentine. But he played for like ostensibly, the, yeah, but we Argentina signed him from Chile. U7. That makes sense. Yeah, he played for the Argentina U-17s. Mm. Um, but yeah, at a senior level, he's eligible for both Argentina and Chile. So yeah, and and he certainly doesn't have a great chance or even a minuscule chance of making it for Argentina. Um, yeah, he did acquire Chilean fine. nationality. Um, oh, good for him! Before he joined San Luis, so okay. should be pretty easy if, if he were to do that. But that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, twenty twenty six World Cup, but years so four years from now in the United States. Yeah. Oh man, what are we gonna do for the World Cup here, guys? We gotta we gonna roll out somewhere for it. Yeah, we're gonna do a special episode for it. I think. How much? Uh, how much do you think tickets are gonna be to it? Oh, one oh, million dollars a piece. That suck, man. If, if I you know continue having a job, I could start saving now. What if we got make that million off the crossbar press passes? We should. Could do that. we please? It's not like a host city. It's not even like in contention for a host city. I highly doubt it. It'd be hilarious if they did did like indoor at uh, the Vivint Arena. (laughs) That'd be (laughs) amazing. (laughs) But what's what's the nearest city that's probably hosting? It's gonna be somewhere in California, probably. Yeah. L.A. Oh, Phoenix might be hosting. They've got a football stadium. They could play soccer, and I'm sure. Oh yeah. They could do it here at. Rice cycles. I could do rice cycles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, how goodness. many? How many people does rice cycles hold? Like What's fifty something. Uh, Lavelle Edwards is sixty something, right? Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think I looked it up once, and Lavelle Edwards like barely meets the qualifications as far as like capacity for oh, what wow. they for what they wanted, but also yeah, Lavelle Edwards is sixty three thousand. So would never ever ever be able to like host an event of that magnitude rice cycles is only I 51 mean, the city of provo could not do that no <laughs> like there's it can barely just from like an infrastructure can you imagine way, like it would be a can you imagine the university both university parkway and university avenue on that day <laughs> no like any road down, in right? or out yeah. they couldn't shut it down those are the only roads in yeah. provo like university parkway center street and then university <laughs> avenue are your three exits in provo 
Oh, <laughs> it would be so miserable. What a disaster exist in this city. It's not a disaster of a city, but it could not do that. I don't know. It seems like a disaster. Anyway, good for Pablo Ruiz. If he, uh, if he can play for Chile. I mean, he hasn't been called up for Chile ever. Uh, so he's got to do that. He also he can make the World Cup. Sure. But and he they've also, got to make the World Cup. So. <laughs> they've got to make the, but he also, like, I don't think he's ever, like, publicly expressed any interest before, right? I don't know. Finally. Which is not like always the first step, but for people that like are kind of on the fringe or on the outside, like yeah. putting your name out there and saying, Hey, I want to play for it. Like might make a coach pay attention to you where they may not have before. So yeah, yeah that's fair. Could be the first step. You could play with an, a 45 year old Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> Actually, I'm, now I need to look up how old Alexis Sanchez is. He's only like 36. He's got to be oh, he's 32. 33. Oh, he's only 33. Oh, Wait, oh, I was thinking about Arturo Vidal, who's like 36 oh, yeah. or 37, isn't he? Yeah. He's really old. They're a perfect link on FIFA Ultimate Team because they're both Chilean. They're both on Inter. So. Oh. Is that what he's playing now? Yeah, they're, they <laughs> both play for Inter Milan. Um, Good for him. Trevor. Uh, yes. You like uh, AC Milan, right? Yes. Oh, that's dude. the red one? Yeah, that's the red one. Leao is an incredible player. Very. Like, yeah. No, like, he's extraordinary. I like incredible. love watching him. He his game their game on the I don't know if that was Saturday or whatever day that was. Sunday. Two just like inc- like just world class assists. One to Tonali. I love when Tonali scores. Um Tonali is uh like been a professional for a while but he yeah. like grew up as a milan fan yeah and so like yeah so like him scoring these goals that like might help milan win the title for the first time in like however many years like 13 years or something incredible yeah tonali's only 22 as well he's just i think tonali's like such a cool player i love players i love midfielders like that like yeah those like he he i mean he gets he's, he was compared to pirlo a bit but like he just reminds me of Steven Gerrard in some ways, just like like a defensive midfielder, but like box to box and just scores goals. It's it's good. I like him. Good um, player to have on your team. Yeah, big fan. Um, yeah, only twenty two. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I don't know why I just thought of that. Oh, Chile. Okay, Milan. Got Chile, it. Enter. Cool. Second yeah. place in so right I now. hope Paulo can achieve Behind that Milan. after yeah, he wins MLS MVP. Uh, both in years 2022 and 2024. I think he's going to, I think the voters are going to get voter fatigue after this year. They were not going to give it to him in 2023, but I think they're going to bring it back for 2024. Um, people wanted Pablo to be playing the 10 against Nashville. And I was like, hmm. What, which, which people? I don't know. I was seeing that. I think I saw it on Twitter or in Slack. I can't remember. And I was like, like huh. RSL fans or yeah. like national media. No, not national media. No. Okay. It's only art. We, we live in, we, we really just got to, there was like start the dialogue about Bobby to the national team. There was uh, <laughs> maybe Pablo can play a 10. There's just a lot of conversations that are happening that really make me laugh. So well, it was a national conversation that like somebody who I guess tracks specific stats that make a player an MVP caliber player was the one who was like Pablo Ruiz, actually a very good MVP candidate. And we all looked through that and we're like, mm, I don't know that I like your methodology here. Yeah. I mean, he's taking, is it who scored and sofa score? Yeah. It's I don't... a couple of them. And like, they were looking at like two or three stats specifically that they were like, 
this is what Pablo Ruiz does better than everybody else. Yeah. And I just remember looking at that and being like, these don't matter. Freddie well, and I, yeah, Freddie, I mean, they wow. matter because like, Pablo and I, Pablo Mastroeni and I, I called him Freddie for a second. That was funny. Are on the same page as far as the eye test mattering a lot in this instance. And I do <laughs> yeah. not, I do not agree with the, I think, I mean, Pablo has been uh, good on this, on this average at best team. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I think he can I'm, be a great player, but he's, he's he got to get players around him who can yeah. do something. Yeah, I think see, like, he's what he's actually capable of. Yeah, I think he's probably the player on the team that a lo- that splits the crowd the most. Probably, like, it seems like people either hate him or love him. Facebook hates him, and they I'm do, definitely yeah. on like team. I like Paulo Ruiz, and I think yeah. playing him at the number ten would be a fun experiment. I don't think it's where he should be playing, but I mean, it's better than what this, we've got at the ten. At which this is point, nobody. <laughs> that is true. It's like, what could it possibly hurt? Yeah, but that is true. Yeah, it. it it's just um, we we did do the the three man midfield of of Pablo Ruiz, Everton, and Scott Caldwell a couple times this year, didn't we? I At think we did it like late once or twice. Yeah, no, I thought, I, we, I thought we started that once. We started a couple times, hmm. like the first few games. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but Paulo's on yellow card suspension, so I guess won't yeah. be playing against Austin anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, he's a player that like, I think has a pretty high ceiling, but I, um, the, the you don't, you can't reach a ceiling like that when like, so you're not like, we're not getting the best out of any of our players at the moment. No. So, yeah. Like, so, so here's the question. And if, if we Pablo's, have problem, yeah, if Paulo Ruiz is going to play for Chile in 2026, does he have to move from Real Salt Lake? Uh, mm. not necessarily. I think there's likely to be, I don't know. My opinion is that uh, just Pablo Mastroeni is not going to be, not going to be the coach of this uh, team in like two years or less. Uh, So that's plenty of time (laughs) for Pablo Ruiz to maybe find if he wants to stay here, play for a new coach. I I just, I, I feels like we're on the exact same trajectory we've been on with our past three coaches. And I don't see this lasting longer than, I'd be surprised if it lasted another year from now, quite honestly. But if it's yeah. not going to be more than two years, I can almost guarantee that. So, um, do we know? Um, I know that we don't know, but do we have any like indication of um, Paulo's contract status? Like, which I know that there are Ruiz. Okay. I know that there are like people like Matt that track these kind of things when and if they're announced. So he do we sent have an any kind of twenty twenty five. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and as that, of yeah. 2020, I don't think he's signed a new deal since then. Um, but but certainly we have him through 2025 at least. Okay, cool. There may be option and gears involved there. So, so it might be like 23 30. plus two option years. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be unusual, right? Yeah. When we signed him, how old is he now? Still a 20, child. 22, 23. So I swear we signed him when he was like 19. Uh, yeah, he was quite young. Um, 23. Okay. Because he's listed as a winger on uh, MLS Soccer. Of, oh, well, that's the authority on all yeah. roster issues. Yeah. Um, so speaking of playing Pablo at the 10, um, Demir Krylik is probably still out for this upcoming match. Um, and we'll see beyond that. Uh, Danny said today that it was a nerve issue. Um, 
and that it was a nerve issue that Demir thought would be taken care of immediately after the New York City FC game. Uh, so it's been a little bit. That was April 17th. Uh, it'll easily be a month out by the time he returns, which is a pretty substantial absence. And I mean, those are, we haven't talked a lot about it um, because it's been a like, oh, maybe he'll play next week. Maybe he'll play it's, next yeah, week. It's been, He's just been a questionable. questionable. Yeah. yeah. It's a, how many, how many games has he actually played? How many appearances has he made this season? Let's check MLS. Actually, MLS is an authority four. on this one. So I think it's, is it three? Feels like. No, he started three, played five. <laughs> He's played five, okay. Okay. Well, my memory's bad, so that's Yeah, fair. me too. That's why I looked it up. He's taken nine shots. I wonder if any Real Salt Lake player has taken that many shots this year. Ooh. Um, probably Tate Schmidt, maybe. Tate, no, <laughs> I don't think Tate Schmidt has. I don't think Bobby Wood has. I don't think Rubin has. Let's see. Um, shot, shot, shot. Chang, maybe? Uh, Demir probably has. Okay, so Demir is seventh, no, sixth, sixth on the team in shots taken this year, and he's played five games. Uh, okay, Ruiz so, is first with sixteen shots. Wait, Ruiz? Yeah. Okay. Bobby Wood has fourteen. Ooh. Uh, Cordoba has fourteen. Michael Chang has twelve, and uh, coming in at number five, Justin Miro. Marcelo Silva. Nice. <laughs> so I, I'm going to rest in peace to this team, man. <laughs> this is not yeah. looking good for this season. Um, Marcelo Silva is taking. Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. I'm Never just mind. curious. Let me pull up shooting for, let's just say Austin because they've been playing well and we play them soon. Um, shooting. Scroll. Uh, so they have three players with more than 10, uh, Alexander Rang with 18, Griusi with 22 and Arudi with 25. Oh, um, uh, interesting at least. No, wait a minute. I gotta look something up. I'm sorry. Keep going. Wow. Zach McMath has no shots this year, guys. Boo. <laughs> Get him off the team. Um, <laughs> this is, um, our opponents have taken 152 shots. We've taken 111. So That's a winning strategy. Roundly outshot every game. Uh, shots on target per 90 is 3.27. Opponents, 5.64. Uh, expected goal on the year, 13.3. Uh, opponents, 16.8. So, you know. What's, what's our actual goals? Oh, uh, 10. Like nine? 10. 10. Okay. Yeah, so we're underperforming XG, which is not unusual. At least on a team level. And in fact, we've outperformed XG four times. Oh, no, that's players. Uh, anyway, we can go back to the game. Uh, so yeah, Demir Krylik probably out on Saturday. Maybe we will see him at the Kilby block party. That'd be nice. Could be. But realistically, he'll be at the game. I've seen him up and you know on the second floor near the press box a couple times. So uh, nice. Funny story when I was hustling to get back to see Marcelo Silva score that uh, corner kick goal, uh, Demir Krylik was doing the exact same thing. Hustling back to see the corner goal. Yeah, 
Nice. We sped walked past each other. He's a nice guy. He was really came and chatted for a second in practice. Um, What a dude. He just always, he just takes time to say hi. He's just a nice guy. Um, Yeah. So, man, hopefully. Okay. Wait, did you say the part about uh, what Dunny said on, on the radio? I can't remember. Yeah, that it was a nerve issue. Yeah, so, man, back stuff. That's it's just very concerning. Yeah, and it's one of the things that I mean, we saw. This is not a great example, but we saw Luke Mulholland out with back injuries for two years, sitting yeah. on the roster, never playing. Uh, which is its own yeah. set of weird awfulness, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully it doesn't become that because that would. I mean, our season is already derailed with him out. Um, and when your season is derailable with one player, uh, not just like you're experiencing worse results generally, but when things aren't working at all, that's, uh, I think, a bad sign for a squad. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it is. Feels bad. Um, feels, yeah, very not bad. Anyway, so. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully that's not long term. But anyway, yeah, he's hoping. Uh, next up, uh, so I was reading through the MLS uh, rules around rosters and signing players and all that. As uh, one does. As one does. Uh, and uh, there's a little clarification and it, on something we've talked about on the pod, uh, talked about on Twitter, around uh, the salary cap impact of players on loan from another club. Uh, and that's a, uh, this, the salary budget impact is uh, calculated from the compensation being paid by the partner club. Now, this is, to be clear, this is not like all loaned players. Correct. To, uh, this is players where the ownership or the there's a relationship between the two clubs. Mm-hmm. So in the case of like Cordova coming from Augsburg being owned by the same parent company that owns RSL. If they loan Cordoba to us, then the league considers whoever is paying the salary, whether it's Augsburg or RSL, for salary cap purposes, it doesn't matter. It gets charged to RSL. Yeah, and this very much seems like a, hey, New York City, we probably shouldn't have Manchester City paying for all your players and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, and and that's exactly... I mean, I imagine that's exactly where the rule came from, but like, yeah, that New York Red Bulls. Yeah. If, for example, we got a player loaned from any other club, then this rule wouldn't apply. But because it's a same ownership group between two different leagues, two different teams, loaning players, basically it doesn't matter who's paying Cordova um, or now Chris Kablam. Uh, <laughs> I like that we have <laughs> I love that. It doesn't matter who's paying it. You don't get to funny money your way around the salary cap. Yeah. By loaning these players, like you're going to get charged. So it it's not you don't get that benefit from bringing in those players. Yeah. So that gives us some clarity on why Cordoba's a designated player. Uh and we don't know yet what the impact of Kablam is. Uh, yeah. And like Alex said on, on, on RSL Sundays with you is like, 
whether or not it's an accounting like measure, like it's he's, that's still a pretty big cap hit for yeah. Cordova. Yeah, 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 it's it's definitely over six hundred fifty thousand, like, right? Yeah, who's like not producing um, anything <laughs> for us? So yeah. I he mean, regardless taken, of yeah, how many shots has he taken? So like said fourteen, the like whole quote, like being bought oh, down thing. That's that's true. That's also the the cap space though. Like regardless of whether yeah, they're being and, bought yeah. down. Not to relitigate this, but like even if he is buying down, like that's costing the team money that could be spent somewhere else on yeah, a player mm-hmm. that could produce or might produce. So like coming out and being like Cordova's a DP and that might look bad on paper, but it's okay because it can be bought down. Like that's not much better because yeah. now you have to spend money on instead of getting another player that's better than Cordova from somewhere else, you have to spend that money on Cordova. Yeah, in addition and, to spending that money on a player from somewhere else. And like when you have a salary cap, like it doesn't really matter uh how much money your owners are willing to spend <laughs> because you're still bound by the salary gap. So Yeah, it matters yeah. for like three players, right? Right. So we can be told like, "Oh, we've got like owners that are willing to like open their pockets, which is great, and I'm looking forward to that being proven to be true." Um but regardless, like we are still limited by uh, MLS. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and when you are making decisions that may impact your limitations because of MLS, uh, something like Cordova taking up a big chunk of the salary cap does make a difference, when, especially when he's not doing much. It does make a, a little bit of difference if they're willing to shell out for uh, the target allocation money that is uh, discretionary, Tam, is what they call right. it. Right. Yeah. So, I don't yep. know. So hopefully that is the case. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Kablam, I'm looking forward to Kablam. I'm looking forward to seeing where they play him because who knows? I love every week's a mystery around here. We don't know what the formation's gonna be. We don't know who's gonna be playing. Let's just yeah, is, well, and he didn't get a preseason, so he didn't get a preseason. Yeah, so we can't expect anything from oh, him until at least mid next season. That's what they want you to think, but he's gonna start this Saturday or whatever. <laughs> So I hope that's inside info. No, that I don't think it is. I don't know anything. It, it would be very surprising. It would be hilarious if he did because it yeah, goes against is, anything we've been taught. Yeah. So. And this is all very much what you get when you have a team that's run on pure vibes. It is. Love yeah. the vibes. I don't know if I love the vibes anymore. You're right. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll, we'll get there anyway. The last <laughs> uh, thing on news, Matt wrote EA sports FC. Which is kind of interesting. Trevor, do you know what that is in reference to? Is it in reference? No, I've, I have no idea. EA Sports lost the FIFA. Um, they, they couldn't come they to an agreement. They lost the FIFA licensing? Yeah. So like we, get, like we don't get FIFA anymore. No, it's you, get EA, you get EA Sports FC now. Yeah, same Oof. game. No, Which is the same. same it is interesting, though, <laughs> like the how the p- licensing with players is going to work, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Because that's how. with FIFA Pro, right? Which is the players representatives. I think so. I yeah, don't. But what that means is, well, I don't know what it means, but it the <laughs> team has to pay licenses for player representations. Yeah. Like in order to like make the guy look like the player. But then they also have to have licenses for like the jerseys and the kits and stuff. And I don't know who they buy that from. And right. those are separate from the players. Names. The teams team licensing yeah. is separate from players for, and I know that for a fact, because there are some um, Italian clubs that are not in FIFA. They are in FIFA, but under a different name, like Juventus notably. And um, 
Oh, there's a couple more. What are uh, the two Milans? No, they're, they're both there. Lazio is, is a new one that is no longer in the game. Oh. Well, and then there's one. Who does uh, who does Ilicic play for? Uh, oh. Uh, Fiorentina. Uh, no, it's... Um, it used to be Fiorentina. No, yeah. uh, Atalanta. Is it Atalanta? So we played four a year ago. Joseph Ilicic? Atalanta. Maybe it is John. Atalanta. Anyway. I thought he just went over to Fiorentina. Am I crazy? No, I think he is Atalanta. I think it's Atalanta they might have lost the license to. I can't remember. Yeah, he plays for Atalanta now, and he he came from Fiorentina to Atalanta. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, so like the, the licensing with them is different, which is interesting. So like Juventus has like a exclusive contract with like uh, that other soccer video game. Like, uh, PES Pro yeah. Evolution. Yeah, Pro Evolution. <laughs> um, so but like the players are all in the game. So it's it's uh, it's kind of odd. But anyway. So what? Did the, so, OK, so what did they actually lose then? The name FIFA. The ability to call it FIFA. But then That's there's got to be. There, <laughs> I, yes, but I think there's got to be some like other things that like we're, we're going to see. But I'm not sure how not going to be able to do like uh, international teams. I don't know. I imagine you can't. I mean, because that's all FIFA stuff. It is well, fascinating. Kind of FIFA stuff. Yeah, FIFA is a web of money Lies. laundering. So. Yeah, so it's really it's really confusing. It's just funny because I mean it's been essentially synonymous. Like EA Sports has had FIFA forever um, since yeah. as long as I have been alive, pretty much. Yeah, the first one I remember is '94. Yeah, so kind of kind of odd, but anyway, um, that's a that's a fascinating little thing. But I guess we can move on to recapping a game that took place. Yeah, we're an uh, hour in, and we're just getting to the game. That's right on schedule, and that's yeah. it was in honor of all of our mothers. That game, I assume, took place on Mother's oh, Day. Took I place mean, in a it's big, a really rude thing to say. It took place in a big stadium. It took place in uh, a place that we had never played before. It took place on a Sunday. It took place on an afternoon on a Sunday. So all the cards um, were stacked against us again. Everything, yeah, not not coming up Millhouse. Yeah, there was there was no way we could have expected to do well under any of those circumstances. So it's really our fault that we made ourselves unhappy about this. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, can I ask a serious question here, real sure. quick? Sure. Is it in the pre-approved list of questions? <laughs> it's not. All right, I'll type it as you re- as you say it. Can, so that can it we can just be not really spend can a whole lot of time on this game? Really spend a whole lot of time on this game. Sure, we don't have to. Um, let's see what went wrong, uh, Matt. What went wrong? Everything. Okay. Well, Perfect. Okay. So <laughs> I actually don't think that everything went wrong, but I don't think that anything went particularly right. Um, and that I think there's a distinction there because we didn't our game plan isn't what lost us the game, particularly. It was the lack of a game plan that lost us the game. So there's a, Matt, there's that's a small the same thing, there, right? That's I think, the there's, same I think thing. there's a distinction there. No, like there's it's not. one thing to line up tactically and say, get it wrong. Um, but I don't think Pablo Mascarini got this wrong. Because I don't think he put anything out there. Yeah, no, that's how I exactly how I this, feel too. This is all you no that there's a distinction to plan, there, plan to fail like that whole thing. Like oh yeah, yeah, no, I not agree. Doing with that anything prayer. is not like the same as doing the wrong thing because yeah. that's also the wrong thing. Yeah, 
Um, so, but we didn't set out it's with doing like, the wrong thing. any idea on how to counter them aside from like be better, I guess. I don't, I don't know. We Just never want looked, it more. Yeah. We never looked at the races, uh, which I think is about horse racing, but maybe it's about cars. I don't know. <laughs> Our engine was missing. Uh, we didn't have tires on the car. I think you can drive without tires, but it's not recommended. Yeah. No. It was just like, <sighs> yeah, okay. You, you can split hairs. I'll just say that yeah, it was to. not a good game by any stretch. There was like z- almost zero positives to take from the game. Um, the only positives that I took from the game was that like, we got some guys playing that we haven't seen in a while that I'm kind of excited for. And that's Anderson Julio. And like, yeah. that's the positive that I took away from the game. Like the performance individually, collectively was bad um, for large portions of the game. Um, the only thing that like, I can't wrap my head around is the first half. The team was really bad, um, but they gave up zero goals. And then the second half, the team was like, okay. And they gave up two goals. And I don't, know how playing better means we gave up two goals well we played better but not well right no i agree but so the the risk of conceding was always there yeah for sure i just it's it's funny that that i guess that nashville couldn't capitalize on our poor play in the first half but they managed to capitalize when we were playing much better in the second half they got close in the first half yeah, they did. But the the whole game was just like, we didn't learn anything about this team. We saw the same team do the same things, make the same mistakes, just that more poor, like they were just not as good of a team, but it was the same kind of game that we've seen all season. Did we, <laughs> what, what did we learn? Did we learn anything? Um, well, Justin Miriam had an interesting comment at halftime that I think is worth repeating. Uh, he said, we've got to be better. We've got to be brave. We can't go long every time we make one or two passes. If we defend like that for 90 minutes, they're going to punish us. Uh, and I don't know if it's to its credit or not, but the team didn't play as much that way in the second half. Mm. But I think they seemed just as without a plan in the second half yeah. as they did in the first. They just like individually played better in the second half. Yeah. As players, which collectively made the team look better. But yeah, it was the still same still the same non non plan yeah like there, there wasn't a stated goal there wasn't obvious like i said before there wasn't like obvious patterns of play there wasn't some there weren't things that we were trying to do it was just seemed very much like the player that got the ball had to make a decision about what's the next move on their own and then they made that move and then hopefully the next player also made the decision that was good and positive but you can't do that you should have a coach that's saying in this situation we should be doing this and if that doesn't work we should be doing that and this is what we're going to be doing offensively and this is what we're going to be doing on defense but it just seemed like you had players out there that were just collectively kind of making it up as they go (laughs) yeah which (laughs) yeah it's not a strategy for success it will work sometimes (laughs) I think there there is a very limited set of players with whom you can do that. And they're not an MLS. No. They're not on this roster. That's for, for sure. sure. Like I imagine that there's a couple teams in MLS that might be able to get away with that for a little bit, but not these players on this roster. Yeah. If this roster is going to succeed, it has to have in, in order for it to like 
even punch at its weight or above its weight, it needs somebody guiding them. That's more than just vibes. Like it needs plans and tactics that get the most out of each and every one of these players. So this brings us to another quote uh, that I think is, is really important. I'm, I'm pulling it up here. I believe this is the Aaron Herrera quote. This is the Aaron Herrera quote. Good. This is a great quote. Let's talk about that. Uh, oh, once you find it, here we go. Uh, no, it's oh, uh, Alex posted a video of it. So you can find that at Alex Mauer. And then Sean over at salt city FC tweeted a quote. Um, so he said this in the post-match post-match press conference after the loss, uh, before Pablo Mastroini spoke. We've got to figure out our identity. Our whole identity has to be more than just heart and will, trying to get a shutout every game. We've got a lot to figure out this week. And end quote. Can you think the of anything are, like the vibes are bad, Matt? Like that that's so damning of the coach, right? <laughs> Like there's, there's well, nothing yeah, there like, that doesn't point directly at the coach. Yeah. There's a lot of things, a lot of times when players will come out and say things and sometimes they'll like point fingers directly at specific things or specific people. And there's sometimes where you just kind of dance around it. And this is one where it seems like Aaron is trying to dance around saying we don't have a plan. And the person that's making that's supposed to be making the plan isn't giving us a plan. And I wish we had a plan. Yeah. It's maybe that's a little bit too much reading between the lines, but like that's the that's what he's saying. I feel like we we haven't had a coach that hasn't that is has so obviously not had a plan. Almost like proudly, kind of too, though. Yeah. Like doesn't like that that feature that that was written about him that you were talking about. Does, like the, what, what was his line about tactics or X's and O's or whatever? Oh, it's. I don't know, Matt can pull up the quote, but that was one that, like, that's not what you want to hear from the guy that's ostensibly in charge of the X's and O's. Yeah. Yeah, like, Let's what see. does he see his role? <laughs> yeah, he basically... I'm not sure what Matt, he sees still his role the, the as and no, what he like, sees the role of players as. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I am pulling up the quote now. Okay, then I'll let you pull the quote up before I actually react to it, because it... uh it was a Sorry, problem. My, uh, Your internet's going real slow. No, my internet's fine, but my uh, using an ad blocker has gotten well, away a little bit. While you pull that up, let me ask Kyle a question. Yeah, let's go. What What is that that your phone is on? It's a K uh, stand. Just oh. just a straight up like stand. Yeah, it's a stand for my. It's not like uh, a charging station or anything. No, it's a stand for my Nintendo Switch, actually. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I was trying to find the quote too, and I can't. I can't remember. I know somebody posted in Slack, but yeah. So this is what the stand. Oh, what it's meant it's like for. This. Yeah, yeah, it's really okay. nice. Like Look at that flexible. beautiful Nintendo Switch. Yeah, like kind of the stand kind of. God, I'm trying to buy time for you so you can find the quote. Oh, I've got it up. Oh, you've got the, okay. We've got the yeah. quote. All right. What's the quote? <laughs> uh, this is quite a quote. Soccer is not a game to me, he said. It's a sanctuary. It's a place where I can operate from my best self without any fear. That's one place I've never had any anxiety, any fear. That's why I talk about the game from that perspective. A lot of people like to talk about X's and O's. To me, that's the last thing. Good. I'm, I'm go, not impersonating him, but I can't. Then go watch soccer somewhere. Why can't he just join a Turn men's on league TV, somewhere? <laughs> go buy tickets to a game. Go watch some youth oh. soccer. 
Go do literally anything. Then co- you're the coach of a team, dude. When, like when you when we're like in the very bottom like percentile of goals scored, it's like doesn't it doesn't like instill a lot of confidence to have your coach being like, "Yo, the X's and O's." Last thing on my mind, I'm just going out there because it helps me helps me be myself. Yeah, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm very happy that Pablo has found something in his life that like centers him that he can like. that's not a stressor it's like an anti-stressor like that's great i wish that for every single person on this planet yeah please don't do that as the coach of my (laughs) team that i support um i mean i do think you can have an assistant coach who isn't worried about that's fine right yeah can he yeah like that's I, i would like if he I'm sorry. There's just no way he's going to be the coach in, in like a year and a half or two years. And I'm tired of you, pretending like, like, I'm not saying you like, oh, you should just go fire him right now. But I'm just like done. Per- I'm over this like annoying cycle where we get stuck in or that we've been in ever since Jason Christ, where we keep having the non-solution guy in charge. And we're just waiting until there's just this magical threshold that we cross until they're done. Like it, we, we know we all know we're going to hit it with Pablo. Like, look at the, how the team played on Saturday. Did anyone watch that game? Like, you could not have put a team out there with less of an idea of what they were doing. Like, no, it's you, not it's it's and, not even like the, this past weekend. No. It's look at what he's done since he took the job as the interim. Like, there's been no growth, no stable, steady growth. There's been no like resurgence of anything there's like it's been the same team doing the same things and it's because week in and week out it's because we made the playoffs and then won a game in seattle in which we did not record a single shot we have no (laughs) business winning the game one in penalty shootout we played a a, a good game against kansas city who was worn down beyond belief and scored a really uh, nice goal from anderson hula which we love to see and then went to portland and just played another just horrendous game like one of the worst games we played all all of last season was that Portland game like just nothing the entire game and that all came on the heels of just crashing in into the playoffs in the most dramatic way we possibly just, could just stumbling over ourselves into the playoffs and now we're in this situation because of because they couldn't not give them the job I guess and so now it's just like that's just so it's I just hate pretending like this is like the long term solution when it's not going to yeah. be. And like, bless his heart. Go find your Zen. For me, it's usually not somewhere where people are paying a ton of money to watch me like figure something out with full of pro- professional athletes and organize them in a way that makes people happy. Usually mine's just in solitude in the mountains. But I hope Pablo can find his uh, con- inner peace after he's no longer the coach of this club, because I just I mean. Whatever, man. Like, I'm not calling for the firing, I guess. I'm just tired of, like, it's just, it feels dishonest to think this is a long-term thing. And I just hate. Or, or that it's. Like, this is who he is. This is who he was at Colorado. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. going to change. I don't understand why it would have changed. Like, what what could have possibly have changed? Maybe he took another class. I, I Maybe. Maybe there's just classes. But, like, when when you have a guy that's literally saying like the X's and O's are the last thing. And then your team looks like this. Maybe if we were just like playing like somehow the most beautiful free, free flowing, uh, what are they? Some other words he likes dynamic. Uh, I can pull some up. He uses a lot of adjectives <laughs> like that, uh, soccer. And we were winning games by a lot. And we were just playing like it, it, was, it was the, the free flowing natural, uh, flow of the game, whatever he, Give me a good one, Matt. He, he he just always launches off into those. Yeah, I'll just leave this with another quote. Uh, and before we get there, 
I just want to say, like Alex did, Alex and uh, Aaron Falk, who's the sports editor, did yeah. a nice job with this. This, oh yeah, uh, it's a feature, great, like it's well worth reading. <laughs> do need to be a subscriber, so go out and do that. Yeah, uh, if that's something you're interested in, um, but it is worth the read. Yeah, I, I, he closes with at the end of the day, results on the field really drive success. He said, having experienced what this fan base felt like as a victory in the heyday of this club, give sorry, having experienced what this fan base felt like as a victory in the heyday of this club gives me great hope and pride to lead this group in that direction once again. Cool. Um, I, I would say <laughs> well, the results on the field are what success looks like. Like, yeah, it's not that it drives. I mean, there, there are other things like off the field things you can have successes in. And I think we're doing a really nice job in a lot of areas there. Overall, um, the the general club it is in a like at at large is in a much better state now, and like I'm I have way more good feelings about the club as a whole, uh, the organization side of things of this particularly uh, than I have uh, in a in a very long time. The <laughs> exclusive problem I seem to have is that, is that our team looks like really bad a lot of the time, and it's insane that. Like we, I, I, I don't know. It's just nuts. Um, oh, here's, here's another part of a quote. Oh no, that's Elliot ball. That's not what we're going for. That's um, boring. <laughs> Master Ryan said, I, I think the most important thing for me is that I always do it from a place of empathy. Um, Master okay. Randy said, so for me, before I speak to anybody, it's really about understanding where they're coming from, empathizing with them and then speaking from that place. And like, none of us will say that's a bad way no, to live your a, life. It's, right. It's, yeah and this is part of the problem with like these profiles because they like superhumanize pablo and he's a very interesting cool guy yeah he seems he's genuine seems very nice wildly the, interesting right exactly the opposite of the kind of guy that like we all thought he was when he played for colorado yeah exactly the opposite of you know all that stuff but so it feels bad for me to be like get him out of here but like that's kind of like I want somebody who's going to win. I want somebody who wants to win. And I want somebody as a coach of the team who's going to come out and say, we didn't win because of X, Y, and Z, or this was the plan and we stuck to it and whatever to have a guy that's coming in here and just saying all the, all of these things in the way that he's saying it, like, it's just, I like you Pablo as a person, but I just don't want you to coach my soccer team. Cause I want somebody who's, who's focus and concern is to win games, go out and win a championship. Yeah, there like, seems. If, yeah, exactly. So here, here's a question. So Aaron Herrera, it's it's clear the quote we read is about the way the team is being asked to play, and as a result, we can I think be probably ninety five percent sure that he's speaking directly about Pablo Mastroeni there. Yeah. Uh, how long do you think Pablo can last if the locker room turns? Like Aaron Herrera is one of was I, I would say he was a top three player last year. Uh, yep. One of our most important players, uh, a player that has not done much this year, hasn't been <clears> given, <throat> off, given opportunities to do much, not getting forward. I mean, it, it doesn't help to not have Demir. But yeah, when one of your most important players, arguably like one of the two important players on the field, with Justin Glad being the other one. Uh, that you would want to keep to build a squad around, at least till sovereign. <clears throat> yeah, uh, like 
I don't know. What what does that look like? When when do we do you think ownership might say, all right, the players aren't happy, we need to make a change? I I hate this question, not because of the question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this question because honestly (laughs) no No, i hate this question because just because like the american sports culture landscape it it permeates its way into mls in an interesting way and one of the ways that it does is it feels like everybody feels like you need to give a coach a full season or two seasons or something like before you can like really evaluate whether they're a good coach and like in some cases i get that you start a project, it's a big project, and you gotta you're starting from scratch, you get a new coach, you gotta overhaul the roster, and you do all that, but and so you give that guy a while, right? Sure. And that's kind of what we've seen in MLS. We don't really see a whole lot of like reactionary firings after a bad loss or a couple they're, of bad I mean, losses. They're expensive, right? Yeah, it, it's expensive and it it's very Yeah, it just seems American in a lot of ways because there are a lot of leagues where you get guys fired after three or four or five, like real bad results in a row can get you fired. And some coaches, some teams go through like two or three coaches a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't really see that in MLS and that's probably overall a good thing, but there's no project here. This feels like, and we're being, we're talking about it and the club is talking about it as if like, this is the finished product. We, we, we've successfully put together a team. Pablo's the guy. We're not like talking about we're five or six pieces away from a competitive team. We're, we're going to get the signings that we need, um, to make this team win a championship in 2023, 2024. Like that's not the conversation coming from the club. The conversation coming from the club is Go out and support the guys because this is the guys. And like, that's that sucks. Like, this team is not good enough for you to be saying that. Um, so it, it's hard to answer because I feel like the culture of the club, the people at the club, the message from the club right now is Pablo's here for a while. And I think it would take a lot from the fans who right now, for the most part, I think generally are kind of okay with this team and are kind of pumped about this team. And it would take a lot from the fans to turn and it would take a lot from the players to turn. I think for that to be a thing, the ownership would have to basically come out and say, we made a mistake already with our new coach hiring. Let's go get a new one. And that I think would probably take, if you're asking like what it would take from the players, it would take a, a lot from the players. And I think it would take a lot from the fans. I think what's what would make that happen faster is just more bad results. I don't think that it's going to be a player or really a fan driven thing. I think it it would mostly just be a result driven thing. If we drop to the bottom of the table or if we're knocked out of playoff contention early, then I think we could see that. But as long as we hang around playoff contention, I don't think the ownership is going to come out and say, you know what, we made a mistake with our first move when hiring this guy. Well, what's going to be interesting to me, I think, is like what happens when Saverino gets here and his, Mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, what if he, what if he, um, you know, ends up being looking just like, you know, Justin Miram or Michael Chang out there who like, or even worse, uh, Bobby Wood or Rubio Rubin who get the ball like twice a game. Okay, just sorry, not to be hyper focused on the Nashville game, but to to really go out there with Bobby Wood and Rubio Rubin uh, having two strikers and then leaving like like an empty bucket midfield with just Pablo Ruiz and Everton was one of like the dumbest things I think I've ever seen, and it was clear mere 
seconds into that game, like that was just going to not work at all. And it, it could yeah. not have worked less actually. Yeah. Um, neither of them got the ball in a dangerous <clears throat> position and, more than once. Right. And then when Bobby Wood almost did, he was bad on the ball. So yeah. I like, I don't even know if Ruby ever being touched the ball that whole game. It was crazy. Um, he did. So yeah, not, it, not, uh, not in dangerous positions. He almost played like a, his, his touch map looks like a 10. I know it's ridiculous. Which is, I mean, like you need him on the ball, but you also <clears throat> like, he, he's a goal dangerous player. We've seen it. He is, like a good finisher. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, he scored a fair amount of goals under Freddy Juarez. Did not score a lot Disappeared of goals. after. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, That's not a coincidence. So yeah, Sovereigno specifically what I was thinking. Like if he comes in and he doesn't, uh, that's, I think Sovereigno scoring and assisting or whatever is going to put, or lack of that is going to put a lot of pressure on Pablo because that's going to be, it's going to be like, oh, wow, we had this guy when he was uh, younger, more inexperienced, and he was way better than he is right now. That's kind of fishy. There's something weird going on there. Um, the other thing that I, I was I was like mad about before we hopped on again, just because I was looking at the Open Cup schedule this week, how nor- the Northern Colorado Hailstorm are playing Union Omaha tomorrow. So uh, I, like, I'm, I'm mad there's not like way more, that there wasn't way more of like a response to like losing that open cup game is a gigantic deal to me yeah. <laughs> and I, and it should be to ever like that is a huge uh red mark on on Pablo Mastroeni for me um not that I you know I, I don't have a lot of green ones at the moment but like that is that is completely unacceptable uh I will say that uh, in the northern colorado hailstorm uh last weekend lost to the Chattanooga Red Wolves 4-1 and then they play the Union Omaha um I think that's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So they play Union Omaha tomorrow. So if RSL would have won that game uh, and then played Union Omaha, another team that they should easily beat, um, that's a third of the way to Champions League if yeah. they just would have done that and yeah. they did not. So, yep. Something um, they tell us matters. Um, I want to yeah. pivot a little bit toward uh, our goal scoring problem or an yeah. inability to score goals um, because we scored. Uh, six goals in our first four games. Uh, in the seven games since then, we've scored five. And I just think it's worth like really hammering home that this team is uh, ha- has lost the ability to do anything particularly meaningful on like with the ball. Yeah. And yes. Well, we, I mean, we even in those three draws in that time, but yeah, like, I mean, a, a even in those games. Goal. Yeah, so Bobby Wood scored uh, a snowy goal against Seattle. That was like a that weird kind of messy goal, but it was—I mm-hmm. mean, it was a—it was a—it was a goal that he scored. Yeah, uh, ostensibly from the run of play. Um, next game, we which uh, first game obviously we, it was a zero-zero draw. Next game, that New England game, also in the snow. Uh, Cordova mm-hmm. scored the first one after uh, New England center back like headed it, like played him in. <laughs> so after yeah. like a completely a like whiffed, cr- uh, yeah. And then our two defenders, Glad and Schmidt, scored. Schmidt's goal was fantastic. Also a defender, though, ostensibly. And uh, Glad from a set piece. So um, Glad from a set piece there. Uh, Salt Lake versus Nashville. Wood scores two minutes in from a set piece. Then it's Tate Schmidt, another defender. Okay. So then we, <laughs> we play Colorado. And uh, well, we, we, we lose at Kansas City. Don't score. Colorado, we play. Pablo Ruiz scores our only goal, which is a penalty kick. Um, then we played Toronto in which Miram and Krylock both scored uh, very Real Salt Lake type goals. I think Miram's was a, was a really pretty goal. 
Uh, Crylox was just a classic Crylox goal. Didn't score against NYCFC. Didn't score against Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Didn't score against Portland. Uh, scored one against Galaxy, which was Marcelo Silva from a corner. Didn't score against Nashville. Um, yeah, that's five goals that's with like one game, right? Three goals from the run of, or like from from an attacker. That's like two goals, I think. Or if you count Crylocks, we have like three goals from the run of play from our forwards in. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games. Well, I just want to make sure that we're not like being nitpicky here. So let's just make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> I feel like you're leading Do, the witness. I've, I've got a question that I, sure. I we just need an answer. Are goals important in soccer? Is that something <laughs> we should be trying to do? Um, uh, it only takes one shot. I'm like, I, I like, is, is that like what the game is based on? Is that the goal of the team? Like, how I can think, you? Oh my gosh. How can I you look at Rubio Rubian start last year? Like, we we have a player in Rubio Rubin that's capable of scoring goals. Like we know that. And then when Pablo took over, he no longer could anymore. He went like eleven games without a goal at, yeah. around that time. Mm-hmm. Like him in particular. Like there's a way to get him goals, and we know that. And we don't play to his strengths at all. So mm-hmm. maybe the X's and O's might potentially help with that when you know you have a guy that can score. And we well, are. That's, you know, this is what I'm saying. Like. I think the team needs to take a hard look at themselves and decide if goals are important. Cause it seems question. like it seems like the team has decided that they're not that important. Yeah. I mean, so should, should we really be focusing our time and effort and that's talking a great about question. goals? Maybe. We're talking about something that doesn't matter. To this exactly. Team. No, it's, that's it's, par for the course though. It's, it's insane that we have a team that like, cause yeah, no, I'm right there with you, Kyle. Like, it is insane that we have players that we know can score goals and we know how they can score goals. We've seen them do it before. And we just refuse to continue to do those things because X's and O's don't matter or because of whatever the reasons. But now we've got Anderson Julio. We know how to get him to score goals. We've got Rubio Rubin. We know how to get him to score goals. We haven't quite figured out how to make Bobby Wood score goals, but like, the signs are there. Like we, we know that he can do it. He has to get the ball in an advanced position at least. Yeah. Like there's puzzle pieces that can be put into place to help Bobby Wood score. Uh, we've got, I mean, to use Tate Schmidt as an example, you were calling him a, a defender. Those two games that he scored those two goals, he was playing more in the midfield and he played better as a midfield. And then we put him back in defense and he didn't really contribute much of anything. And now he's not playing. And so like, we've got all of these players that we know how to put them in situations where they're good. And we we're getting Sovereigno back and we know we've seen him before. We know what's going to be a good, we know how to put him in position to succeed, but we're just not doing that anymore yeah. for like any of these guys. And it's incredibly <clears throat> frustrating the week after week to see the same stuff. Yeah. That's what it feels like. This team doesn't care about scoring goals. And go back to that Aaron Herrera quote where he was saying, we need an identity and we need to focus on more than just getting a shutout. Like, yeah, it seems like that's the goal of this team from the coaches is like, we'll just get a shutout and then everything, everything else will figure itself out. Which is what Pablo's strategy was when he was at Colorado. Yeah, which for sure shutouts are great. And I, I want that to be the goal for every single game, but there should be, 
two things on the bulletin board. Today we're going to score goals, and today we're not going to let them score goals. And it seems like we've only got one of those things on the bulletin board, and it leads to really crappy, not fun to watch soccer. Yeah, and I, like I mean, there are there are like defined limitations of this roster that I like sure. completely agree with. Um, but there also were at like there has been every year for like uh, since 2013. Um, where I mean, there were even weaknesses then, but like what the, the problem is, is like, we see what certain players are capable of. And then we are playing in a way that seems to be actively antagonistic to, <laughs> to our mm-hmm. players' strengths. And it's yeah. like, like, I don't, I, 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 and then to, to hear him actually just straight up be like, yeah, I don't care about X's and O's or whatever. It's like all vibes or whatever. Um, that's really like impossible for me to deal with like i'm just like i'm incredibly over that and uh yeah just um don't don't want that anymore please because uh it's not going well but at least hey it went well for like three four three of the first four games so somebody um, in slack i think it was ryan Boom. Anyway, somebody in Slack uh, brought up uh, Bronco Mendenhall, and I know you guys aren't really BYU. I remember this football fans. Is he? Is that a type of horse? (laughs) I think I'm like distantly related to him, actually. Oh, that's unfortunate. My well, I'm not really close with the Mendenhall side of my family, so don't worry about it, Trevor. Anyway, Bronco Mendenhall was a coach at BYU and was successful for a little bit, and then he went insane for the last five or six years and just focused on like grit and determination and like struggle and like he turned from being like a football coach that was out there to win football games into like a molder of young men or something (laughs) like that like that was like his stated goal like he just wanted to like create good men like take these children and turn them into men and like that was his thing for several years and like he won a couple of games sure but there was a lot of things that went on um again go back to like x's and o's that were just like dumb things and every single time his answer was was something about grit and toughness and you know we'll get them next time and just all that kind of stuff and i totally forgot about bronco mendenhall existing because i wiped him from my memory but the comparison is there and it's insane to me that i have another coach that's doing not the same thing, but very similar things to a team that I enjoy watching. Like I don't watch BYU football that much anymore. And Bronco Mendenhall is a big part of that because he just stripped it of fun and, and stripped it of winning. And I'm afraid like, I'm not going to like stop watching RSL, but like, that's what Pablo is doing to this team. He's stripping it of fun. He's stripping it of soccer. He's stripping it of, of wins. He's not making it about winning and sorry, dudes. I like my favorite teams to win games or at Same. least put themselves in a position to win games. Like I root for wins. I want wins. And it's insane that we have a coach that doesn't seem to want to win <laughs> games. Yeah. That is so funny to say, but it really does. Feel like that. Yeah, It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's really funny like, though. There's so many choices and decisions that go into putting a team out on the field and every all of them are not the right decision a lot of the time it's yeah oh well go rsl (laughs) who do we play this weekend austin fc yeah good luck so their last five games they've won four lost one they lost last time out against la galaxy 
Uh, so that gives us a tiny glimmer of hope, but they had four straight wins before that. And uh, I think we should be worried about facing Austin. Yeah, they're really is, good. It's fun to say from last year when they were terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, yeah, they it's were... possible to become good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I they've, they've got a coach that has identity that, has them playing in a, in specific ways that has plans and uh, Ooh, speaking of which Josh Wolf, gonna... who I think was a candidate at Real Salt Lake at one point. Yeah, I think um, so. I think he came up. So was uh, Pat Noonan, who has been who is turned really, Cincinnati around. Yeah, who's doing really well. Like they're not like championship teams yet, but they're not losing every single game by five goals. They're scoring a lot of goals as well. Yeah, it's notable. With like a pretty inexperienced uh, young American striker who's like making a name for himself, who actually uh, could deserve to be in the national team conversation, interestingly. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of a fun one to, to kick around a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Cincinnati the rest of the year and Austin. And uh, yeah, you know. here we go. In 2017, Josh Wolf, when he was a Columbus crew assistant, uh, was interviewed, uh, but Mike Peck, he got the job. Uh, you know who the other person was? Uh, Giovanni Savarese. I'm going to... Oh, was yeah, that's right. Right. That was uh, I knew that you were going to say a name that would make me mad because I remember when he first came up as like an option, I was all on board with him. Like Dude, He's clearly I, a good coach. I, he's been I, a good yeah. coach for a long time. Like, I can't believe that was Dunny the didn't hire. push that one over the line or something because Dunny was on board for that one. I, I, it is honestly astonishing to me that like, uh, Savarisi didn't, that wasn't a thing or like, I still can't believe Robin Frazier also, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Seems like this team just consistently misses on hiring the right coach. Uh, they, I mean, they went cheap for a long time, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Roy Hansen's MO was don't pay the guy a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I really am just like, so over the time waste thing. Like I, and it's and it, again, this isn't like a it's not just like, oh, I would like probably should be fired or whatever. I'm just like I'm just pretending that it's I'm me in two years from now. And I'm just like, there's like there's there's no way like this isn't a long term solution. Like, it's just not. No. And I and I hate pretending like and that's where like the fire like master any out thing gets kind of just like it feels a little too binary. But like I'm in the area where it's just like. I can't keep I can't keep pretending like this is something that is going to be a long term thing. And it just feels like we're wasting our time. Yeah. I mean, we knew getting new owners wouldn't immediately solve the problem. And I'm still like in that kind of mindset where the new owners are now here. But just like with any like project, like I said, if you hire a coach, you got to build a roster and do all that. You got to give them time to do that. I think new ownership, you kind of also have to give them some time to like get everything together and figure out what they're going to do with the club. And with that in mind, yeah, like firing Pablo wouldn't solve the problem. It's the problem is the whole organization needs to get on board with what they are and what they want to be. And the new ownership has to be able to put all that into place. And it it is going to take a minute. It's not going to be an immediate thing. Um, but yeah, if you're going to fire the coach, like you also need to look at the roster. Um, at this point, we we just need a new, 
project. And I understand that it's going to take some time to get there. So we'll just deal with Pablo while we have to, but there's, there, <sighs> this cannot be a long-term solution. But yeah. this season, I think, I, I think we said at the beginning of the season, is just going to be kind of a not wholly fun one. Yeah, I and mean, it's turning out to be not very fun. Hey, there, there are fans of teams like Burnley out there, so uh, we're going to have to learn to sympathize with those people. We literally need to sign a a, a, a striker who's Dutch and at least six and a half feet tall if we're going to be playing Burnley, because Bobby Wood is not going to be not a Burnley ball type of guy. Unfortunately, so yeah. if we're gonna go Burnley, we got to go full Burnley, and we got to get some giants in here. For what's worth, it doesn't feel like we're intentionally playing like Burnley. It's just how true. it sort of ended up. Yeah, I, yeah, huh. yeah. Man. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so this is why we do social hour for an hour, guys. Because <laughs> I'm just I, I don't know, how man. Much fun we were having at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> think about an hour and a half ago, and the spirits were so high. I mean. I'll keep, I'll keep drinking this garbage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like that's, that's got to be my favorite tweet, like of all time. I know I, that's it's, like it's a top five for sure. I know, like Trump being back on Twitter is a hot topic among a lot of people, but I got it. Like he had some absolute heaters, and talking about, <laughs> you know, Diet Coke being bad for you, but you'll keep drinking that garbage. Like who, whomst, whomst among amongst us can't relate with that, you know, whether it doesn't have to be Diet Coke and it probably wasn't even Diet Coke that he was talking about. It can be anything. I think it was Coca-Cola. Oh, he was saying that the Coca-Cola company is not happy with him right now, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll still keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I feel a lot of the time here. Like, I mean, uh, there's so many things, there are like a lot of things that I really do love about this club. And the fact that I get yeah. to talk to you guys about it is one of them. Yeah. And I am going to go like I want to go on Thursday to beer bar and hang out with friends and all that stuff. I love that stuff. And I'll go do that again this Thursday. And I hope you guys feel if you do feel so inclined to join. Um, but I man, this was just another weekend where I was just like, oh, I just. <laughs> yeah, we are like and that's that's where the time wasting thing comes in. It's like I'm I like I, I don't mind. I like that soccer is a little two hour event. It's not the biggest commitment in the world. It's fine. But I'm just like, man, it's just, it's just I, like, I don't know what's going to be the thing that finally pushes this over the edge, but it's just like, I, I don't know how long we can, <laughs> we can do this, especially like with no Demir or whatever. I don't know how long that's going to be a thing. It's just like, I don't know what's going on, but um, um Anderson Julio looked spry. He looked quick. He looked really fast. He didn't look like he hadn't played for five months. That's for sure. Yeah. He looked really fast. And I like that. He, he does that. Like, uh, he, he is like kind of on the shorter side, but he does that like two footed jump thing where he gets like super high and where he completely took out Nashville's keeper at one point, which was, I mean, the closest oh, yeah. we got to scoring or whatever. That um, was, that was a really interesting play. Like they talked about it on the broadcast. Yeah. About how like everybody on the other team was like not mad at him because they knew it was a fair challenge. And anyway, it was, it's interesting to me. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I thought that was yeah, I mean, just indicative of like a player that's, you know, athletic and, uh, like trying to win. Yeah. Trying trying, to score goals. Looked like he was out there trying to do something, um, against all like the team and everything <laughs> against all odds. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, guys. I just um, 
I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm, uh, this, this Austin game is going to be really interesting because we haven't lost at home yet this season, other than the, the open cup game, which was a huge deal, but we are, the line is we haven't lost at home yet because that wasn't an MLS game. So, um, we're undefeated at home, uh, with a gigantic asterisk and I, this will be interesting, like because they they have been on a really good run of form. They I thought I watched uh, good chunks of that Galaxy game, and I thought they were kind of unlucky to not to not get a, at least a, a result at all there. But um, I didn't think the Galaxy looked amazing. But Chicharito, did you guys see Chicharito's miss? He had a miss from like no. six inches off the goal line, like it went <laughs> over the goal. It was oh no, it was awesome. It. it was it was almost like the. He really tried to, he should have gotten over the ball, not, not only to like keep the ball down, but in the case that maybe it bounced up and hit him in the face again, he could have done the face goal like he did <laughs> for Man United back in whatever year that was. But, uh, so yeah, uh, Austin's a good team. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so, looking at the betting odds. Um, <laughs> just pulled that up. Oh, this too. is going to be interesting. And, and do, so there's the ones that are the, the plus and then a three digit number. I don't know yeah. what that's called. Go ahead. Those are the odds. Uh, the odds. Uh, higher numbers are lower odds. Like plus Austin is plus 210. RSL's plus 120. Ed draws plus 255. Yeah. That so, means more likely that RSL wins. Yeah. The odds have RSL as the favorite. Okay, great. Can't but wait. also when in soccer, when like all three are positive and like close enough, mm-hmm. then it, it's really kind of up in the air it, it's not even exactly like they clearly have rsl as the favorite yeah but not by a lot okay and that's the Usually, money line and then i see yeah. draw no bet i have no idea what that means oh those are my favorite so a draw no bet basically a draw no bet you pick a result let's say rsl wins right yeah it gives you worse odds so mm-hmm. you get less money if you win but what that means is if the team draws, if the two teams draw, then it's a push. You just get your money back. You don't lose any money. Okay. So basically you pick a winner of either Austin or RSL. And if you pick RSL, let's say the team RSL wins, you win your bet, you win the money. Okay. If the game is a draw, you get your stake back and you don't lose any money. It's a push. If Austin FC wins, you lose your money. Okay. So, but you get shorter odds on that the payouts are less because uh, you're taking the safety of also giving yourself a, a draw as a a result that's not a bad result for you this is very educational all right and then it looks like the i like reading these odds and having no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> uh so it looks like under so i went to game props and then correct score yep looks like does this mean that the most the most likely Score lines are one one at plus six hundred, uh, one zero at plus eight fifty, and two one at plus eight fifty. Did I read that right? I'm looking at something different from you, but yes. So okay. for the correct score, you're always going to have a plus something. Oh, uh, more than likely, um, just because the odds of getting the correct correct score are much lower and there's a way more options yeah so in this case it would be the lowest number so the plus 600 is the it's not the favorite but it's the the one that's going to pay out the least if you get it correct now but if it's 600 you're still going to make 
money on that. Okay, where do I go to uh, bet on a throw-in in a specific minute so I can start bribing players? I can't really do that one so much anymore. There's not um, a lot of sports books that offer those ones. Um, yeah. There's some European sports books that offer a lot more mm. than what you can get over here. Over okay. here, generally, you get results. You can do some places will offer like uh, handicaps for corners. Mm. Uh, so whichever team takes more corners um, or it'll be like a spread kind of bet for corners. You can used to be able to bet the place that I bet used to give you a uh, yellow card. So you could bet on a player to get a yellow card or to get a red card. Um, but generally it's going to be like mostly results based, like okay. picking the correct score, picking the winner, um, picking on who's going to score goals. Okay. Those are the most common bets to get super specific ones. The closest so, you can get to is like probably picking the, the minutes of the first goal. Okay. And they usually do it in like 10 minute increments. So I can't go out and bet like I'm Joey Barton. Unfortunately not because Joey Barton is in Europe and has a lot more betting options. Oh, I and was, he's also a professional player. He was. Was a professional player. Speaking of Burnley. There you go. <laughs> Brought a full circle and we'll end the betting portion there because right. I have no idea what I'm doing. But at least it wasn't the blind leading the blind. That yeah. is true. You had me, an idiot. You guys, uh, uh, Fabrizio you. Romano tweeted 25 minutes ago, uh, George, uh, Giorgio Chiellini will leave Juventus at the end of the season, and MLS clubs have approached him since April. Mm-hmm. Two, bi- two bids already received, including one from LAFC. Chiellini hasn't made a decision yet, while Juventus will 100% sign a new center back this summer. Someone said, I thought MLS wasn't a retirement league anymore. And Fabrizio said, Chiellini was one of the best players at Euros just nine months ago. Of course, he's not young, but if he's going to join MLS, it's because he feels he's ready. Yankee face. I love Fabrizio. He's <laughs> really good. He's a funny guy. Um, no, that's cool. That, that's, I, like, I like the idea of seeing Chiellini in MLS. I like, I like Chiellini. I don't think you do, Trevor, but that's okay. I think he's a great defender when he's playing for Italy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. I like. Yeah. Otherwise, I, mean, I could take him or leave him. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't bridged the topic of the World Cup with my Italian family yet. I'm trying not to. It's, it's probably a very sensitive topic. Well. They had a, a like last World Cup was a that was a big thing, um, but then the Euros were a really great thing, and then to win the Euros and then not, you know, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, cool. Well, guys. We're almost at our famous nearly two hours that we apparently are going to now. It's been a pleasure uh, and fun despite being in enraging. Yeah, no, it is always fun. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's, fun. <laughs> it's fun, guys. Guys, everyone listening, girls, guys. We're having fun. Okay. <laughs> Folks, people, y'alls, they listen to me. Come on, it's fun. We're having fun. This is a good thing. We're doing. We're having. We're having fun. I just want to have fun and also have fun on Saturdays again. Yes, I just found. I would have loved to have. have We would have had a nice little U.S. Open Cup game tomorrow if uh, that had gone according to plan. I just found a uh, free large popcorn from the Megaplex. In a cup. Uh, I will can likely be using that to it, me right unfortunately. now. You can oh, have the mega you. mug refill ones that I also have. I forgot I had these. Yeah. Okay, I well, so. I'll be using the popcorn. But. Um, All right. Trevor, I think, that, wasn't there a taco card news for this game? 
Oh, uh, La Fregata will not be at the parking lot at its normal place for this game and hopefully this game only. Uh, the lady that runs it is attending a wedding, so deal with it. And did they get hired for a wedding? Or is she going the to word, a wedding? The word that I have is that she is attending a wedding. I oh. don't know if that means that the taco truck is servicing a wedding or if she is has a relative that's getting oh, married man when i played like when i was a kid on the on the soccer team that i played for um one of the kids on my team his dad was just like, like exorbitantly wealthy and we had a big party at their house um in olympus cove at one point when i was in our youth and uh they they like hired a taco truck to just be mm. there for a party for like all of the kids on my team and like our families or whatever and we had a big pool party it was we should do awesome. That. We should do that for us. We should. We should just, just do that for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds. Great. I guess we could also just go to a taco cart together. There's also that. There's something mm-hmm. about like it being just like a buffet type situation where they're just like you. You paid for like a certain amount of tacos or whatever, and you just have this big group, and it's like it's up to all of you guys to eat as many tacos as possible. I was in a wedding in Mexico where some where the. Uh, the bride's father did a similar thing and it was just that's it was amazing that's my yeah. plan if i ever i mean don't hold your breath but if i ever get married again like that's the catering for it's, the reception I love is it. a taco truck i love it that's a deal breaker i'll be there the deal it's a deal maker yeah uh, I agree. all right well uh, guys. you guys will not be there on saturday so i will not Correct. see you on saturday hold down the fort but I'll i hope you Thursday. guys have a good time at Thank you. the phoebe bridgers block party concert <laughs> Close thank enough. you yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm excited to see uh so many bands me too soccer mommy really love soccer dude mommy. i am so excited about that one yeah soccer mommy is so good i can never just i always just makes me just think of uh when when they when they performed at like a bernie sanders rally it was like (laughs) joyce manor and soccer mommy a different and he's like so good we want to thank soccer mommy for the music (laughs) i love it Uh, like whoever's booking those bands making bernie say like joyce manor and soccer mommy it's amazing (laughs) i love it trevor go out and listen to soccer mommy tonight maybe you'll like it more than phoebe bridges proud of you so turn on some soccer mommy, turn on some Call of Duty, and have a wonderful night. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> okay, bye. Good night. <laughs>